I miss a green, for example, I'm already upset. When I find my ball in the bunker, I'm really upset. And when I find my ball in a fried egg, fried egg, the dreaded fried egg, fried egg, fried egg, fried egg, fried egg, fried egg lie, I'm about ready to run off the golf course. Arnold Palmer is the Masters champion of 1960. He has birdied the last two holes to catch and then move ahead of Ken Venturi. One of the greatest displays of courageous golf that anybody has ever seen any place. Uh, up the hill. Oh, did you ever see one like that? Oh. I think that's one of the greatest spots I've ever seen in my life. There it is, a win for the ages. Is it his time? Yes! Well, here it comes. Oh my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? Hello, friends. I'm Jim Nance. It's my great pleasure to welcome you to the Masters Tournament. I've heard it said before, it's a tradition unlike any other. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Masters Podcast on the Fried Egg Podcast. Today we are joined by last year's low amateur and the 2016 U.S. Mid-Am champ, Stuart Hagestad. Stuart, welcome on. Hey man, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Second time on the pod. Rare air there. It's, it's what it really comes down to is, um, just this facade that I've put on of, you know, just riding the coattails of past success. And, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great. I'm glad that you fell for it. (laughs) (laughs) What's it, uh, what's it like one year later after what I imagine was a, just a whirlwind week last year? (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. You know, a year ago today I was, I was down there and, uh, my anxiety was definitely a little bit higher this time last year, but, um, no, I'm, I'm fired up, you know, for Matt and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for him and we've, we've, we've talked a little bit about the week and it's just such a special place and special event. And, um, you know, we're, we're obviously looking forward to what I guess they're calling like the highly, most highly anticipated masters of all time or, you know, in recent history. So, um, it'll be cool. I, I can't wait to, to see it from a different perspective and, um, you know, but, Definitely, definitely different than last year. <laughs> I imagine watching it this year, you're going to have a, you'll see it through a completely different lens having played there. What was, you know, the biggest thing that maybe miss, uh, 
perception that you had going into competing at Augusta that was either wrong or the biggest thing that kind of shocked you about competing at Augusta that you didn't ever realize from watching the telecast? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny you, you say that because, um, it's so true. Um, I was down there with, with my dad and, um, we were playing together. Um, and there was this point where it kind of struck out or stuck out to me where I, I approached him and I kind of said, you know, there's a huge part of me that's almost really jealous of you. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, when I look at the golf course, really from, from now on, because after the first couple of times you play it in, you know, it's, it feels like, like you, you walk around and you look at shots that, you know, guys have hit through the years and you kind of marvel at, you know, how special those moments were like, you know, Phil and Larry Mize and, you know, Tiger's chip and, um, you know, Bubba and so on and so forth. And when you, I guess, I don't want to say get over because that gives the wrong connotation, but when you kind of move past that initial, um, awestruck feeling you then kind of try and get into okay how can i play the golf course and how can i try and set myself up for the best angles and leave myself the best positions to go to certain pins um you start playing it you know as a traditional practice round and i love my dad and what i was kind of trying to impress upon him was i don't know that for the rest of my life if i'll ever have that same experience of oh my gosh this is where you know Jordan was or Tiger was or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I, I will probably now look at it more from a competitor standpoint in the sense that like, you know, to this pin, this is where you want to be or, you know, to, you know, off this tee off, you know, this is the angle you want to have so on and so forth. Um, but one of the things that you definitely, I would say don't really, I guess, understand until you've been there, been through that week is just, and everyone says the same thing, but it's really just how much the golf course changes. Um, it, it speeds up so, so significantly. And last year, I guess, wasn't a great example from Tuesday and, or sorry, from Thursday and Friday, just because of the weather. It was blowing like 25 and it, you know, it had rained and um, it was, it was playing for their standards, I guess, on the softer side. But the difference between the golf course on say like Friday morning to like Sunday mid afternoon was, it was crazy. Like it was almost like the greens were, were getting purple. They were just so quick and you know, just, it's easy to see how guys would, you know, they'll, they'll play the par three contest and they'll come back the next day and almost have this, this crazy, you know, look when they've got a 20 footer on the first hole that rolls five by and you're just like, wait, how did the greens get so quick? <laughs> so I, I would say that just the change that is made for sure. You know, you don't get to think about where Jordan or Phil, you might not have that anymore, but now you have, well, this is where I hit it this one year. So you kind of have something on everybody else. <laughs> I, 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 as I was kind of trying to explain that, I, that ran through my head and I was like, no, dude, just, just shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so you, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. So anyways. You had an unbelievable week out there, and uh, I think you're the first mid-am from the U.S. mid-am exemption winner to make the cut, and then, you know, the, the low-am. Was that about the best golf that you've put together for a, uh, a week ever? Um, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's the best I've ever played. Um, I played pretty well in the 
2016 Met Am when I shot 125 in one day, um, six one six four. But it's not bad relative. To, yeah, it was it was a pretty good day. I uh, <laughs> a lot a lot of perfect numbers and it was it was fun. Um, but I think relative to total humble brag, by the way. Um, but relative to you know the the golf course and the conditions and the crowds and the atmosphere and just the overall um, experience, I would absolutely say it's the best that I've ever managed my game and managed my my emotions. Um, seventy four, like you know, without any context, seventy four, seventy three, seventy four, seventy three, you know, to from a competitive standpoint, isn't super impressive, but you know, under the conditions and how difficult the course played. And I mean, if you were to like, I played a practice round with Jordan and Kucher on, on Wednesday. And if you asked either one of them, you know, if they thought I was going to play that well that week, they probably would have laughed at you. Cause I feel like I hit it all over the city of Augusta. Um, so it was, it was definitely the best I've, I've ever managed. Um, kind of everything that was going on. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really proud of that from that week for sure. So to go back, you, you get the invitation in early 2017 and then how, how did you prep for the week? Did you, how, how many times did you go down to Augusta to play a few times? Who'd you play your practice rounds with, uh, leading into the week? Sure. Yeah. I, um, you know, I went down there, I made some trips by myself, um, I made a couple trips with some, some family friends, um, that from, from, from LA that, you know, I, I know that belong down there. Um, so I, I had the chance to play it, I don't know, probably mid to high teens, I'd say. Um, and like I said, you know, earlier, the first time, you know, you either go to the masters or you play the golf course, you're just, you're kind of in awe on everything that's going on. But I, I really tried to make a conscious effort to make this switch. And I mean, Look, I certainly don't have all the answers. Um, I know that that Harv has, has talked to Scott Harvey's talked to, to Matt as well about the course, but um, I think if I remember right, what I told him was like, "Look, the first time, maybe even the first two times, go down there and just enjoy it and see it and take it all in because it's just such a special place and it's got so much history." But like, I've you know, it, there's going to be a point where you notice like to make a switch, you know, and to make a a, a change and like, okay, like how can we best play this and you know play a, a practice round because you know where all the pins are to an extent more or less and um you, you, you don't but you know more or less it's, it's probably five maybe six pins that they traditionally use each year um so yeah it's uh like i said mid to high teens i got down there um like the thursday before um and i played practice rounds on tuesday with Thomas Peters and Adam Scott. And then on Wednesday with, with, uh, Jordan and, and Matt, um, last year there was some weather. So, um, I maybe would have played 18 one of the days. A lot of people have said, you know, try and not play as much cause you don't want to get tired out. But it, like when you go down there, your adrenaline is just so high. You're just, you're, you're kind of trying to, to soak it all in. So, um, like I said, I, I talked to, you know, guys in the past that have played the tournament, Sammy Schmitz and, He's like, yeah, everyone told me, you know, try not, you know, and, and play 18 each day, but your adrenaline's so high, all you want to do is go out there and, and play in front of crowds and friends and family. And um, thankfully, I, I guess in retrospect for me, the weather kind of limited how much I could play. So I was able to, constor- you know, uh, you know, store energy and kind of contain myself during Monday through Wednesday. 
Uh, who gave you the best advice and what was it? If you can share. Yeah. Um, I would say two things. I had the chance to play with Ben Crenshaw and Carl Jackson or with Ben the Sunday before. And Carl was out there with us. And basically Carl went into my book and he made a bunch of notes. Um, maybe not the same ones that Jordan had, but very similar, just kind of the pull of the golf course and what everything, you know, would traditionally kind of, you know, go towards. So, um, you know, everything kind of goes towards that area in Amen Corner. Um, and just like different parts of the greens. I mean, to have a guy like that, such invaluable experience, it can only be kind of gained, you know, through going out there. Like, as I think no laying up, I love their podcast. I think they sum up the way that, you know, they talk about the greens and the reeds at Augusta pretty well. Like, you don't, like, listen, I obviously played the first round, you know, of my life in the tournament on Thursday, but you don't really, I guess, you know, read the greens, you learn them. And like to have a guy like Carl out there, you know, to kind of impress upon you, like, this is where the pull of the golf course goes. This is what this ball does. This is what it does is it loses speed. It just really confirms a lot of that homework that you put in kind of leading into the week. So it just, it, it, that, you know, little bit makes you, you know, a little bit more confident, I guess you could say, and, you know, the decisions that you're making. And then as far as, as playing, Adam Scott made a comment that was really, really cool. So I tell everyone, like, I was by far the most nervous on Tuesday. Um, I didn't, you know, play, say, high school football or, you know, high school basketball at a super high level, you know, in front of thousands of people. I always kind of tried to tell myself, you know, going into the tournament that playing in front of 100 people is not so different than playing in front of 1,000. That's not true at all. Like, <laughs> 1,000 people is, is way, way more intimidating. Um, so I was super nervous on, on Tuesday and Wednesday and kind of every day thereafter, I, I became a little bit more comfortable. So I preface that because when I went to Adam, you know, I'm, I felt like I was kind of like a deer in the headlights on Tuesday. I was so terrified, I, I guess, in the moment. And I'm kind of trying to think about this, like, okay, to this pin, what's the best place to miss? And, you know, to, for this side of the fairway, like, would you prefer to be on this side or that side? And I'm sure by like seven, so we played the back nine together and by 17, I'm sure he just kind of got annoyed with me and or maybe he was just being super patient and was just giving me honest advice but either way I, I took it to heart and he was like listen Stu it's a major championship like I've I'm a master's champion and you know I've won here before but I um you know I'm the most nervous I am over any tee shot all year is on the first hole like there's just a couple pins and a couple spots out here where you just gotta step up and hit a really good one um, you know, there's, there's not really a place to miss. Um, if, if you do miss, then you just got to do the best you can, but you know, you, you hit great shots, you know, under the conditions to get here and, you know, you can, you can execute under the gun again, but there's just a couple spots out here. Like there are at any PGA tour venues and any major championships where you really just got to go commit and, and try and hit a good one. And I was like, I like how blunt that is. That totally makes sense. And I just kind of went from there. So that was, um, that was huge. It just, it gives you, you know, it gave me the confidence to, to just kind of be like, Hey, these guys go through the same thing that, you know, everyone else goes through. You just gotta, I don't know. You just gotta deal with the consequences and, you know, like I said, try and hit a good one. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, like that's, that's real. That's, that's really blunt, but like, I don't know. It, I just, it was, it was cool. Aussies are known for their bluntness. So it's uh it's fitting. Um, yeah. 
Do you think uh, there's a shot out there that that gets spoken of a lot that might be a little bit overrated in terms of how difficult it it is versus you know what they talk it up to be? Um. Well, let's let's be really clear about this. I it, yeah. I wouldn't say it's overrated. I would just say. I know what the answer is, and I'm sure you do too. Um, I wouldn't say it's overrated. I would just say I think it's over. It's over complicated. Um, Twelve is a really amazing hole, you know, with the crowd and the. It feels like you're in a stadium. You know, you have eleven, you have twelve, you have thirteen, um, and it it feels like a little bowl. And obviously, you know, over the years, there's been a lot of you know, speculation of the wind and, um, you know, certain pins and what to do. And two years ago, you know, you're sitting there on your couch, you know, you know, as a, everyone is, you know, so excited for the masters every year. And, um, you know, you, you, there's just certain shots that you really look forward to seeing. And, um, I would say that that shot on, on 12 is definitely one of them because, you know, whether it's the media or, you know, producers or whoever, you know, they, they just kind of impress upon how, how, I guess influential the wind is. Well, I don't know if if I heard this before, or if I just am a total bonehead and like invented my own theory, but I kind of tried to ask, you know, guys down there, you know, caddies, players, whoever, like how do you play 12, right? And everyone pretty much had the same answer. It was like, well, if you hit an 155-yard shot before, I'm like yes. <laughs> and they go great. It's 155 yards over the middle of the bunker every single time. I'm like, even to like a left pin or right pin, Stuart, every single time. If there's a little, like if it, like, you know, if there's, if it feels like there's a little bit of wind, maybe three or four yards more. But if you, if you hit it or over 150, like if you put it in the bunker, you know, it's, it's not great, but you're, it's, it's better than putting, putting it in race Creek. Um, and, and long's really tough and, I mean, maybe I'm putting my foot in my mouth with this one, but I, I really tried to just be like, still, you've hit, you know, you've, you've hit a solid eight iron a thousand times more. Well, you've hit solid eight irons a thousand times in your life. It's an eight iron over the middle of the bunker. Just step up and hit a good one. Commit to it and go. Yeah, it's a lot what Adam Scott said. It's just one of those places where you have to hit a good golf shot. It's pretty simple. Yeah, <laughs> just... it's. I mean, it, like, yeah, it's it's so true though. Like, you, you so eleven and twelve and, and thirteen is really cool because you know it it obviously has um, you know the allure and just everything that goes with it because it is Amen Corner. But what I guess the what I didn't understand, you know, as a as an avid watcher. Um, is you don't quite understand just how many people are there. I mean, there's like four or five, feels like thousand people because there's a concession stand behind and there's just, there's, there's groups all around. There's typically one on 11 and then one on 12 and then one on 13. And it's just a really populated area. And after, even when you hit your second shot on 11, like as you begin to walk down the hill and you, and you become, you know, like a hundred, 150 yards out of the green, it feels different. I mean, it's, it's, it feels like you almost going to enter this mini arena. And I mean, I don't know, I'm sure, you know, a lot of listeners to the pod and 
Um, I'm sure you've been in a situation where they have, you know, like an 80 yard, say wedge shot, like in a member guest or something to agree. You know what I mean? Like something yeah. to that extent. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's kind of like that, but it's not at all like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's like magnified. You're, like you're, you're <laughs> overthinking a lot of things and you just, you need to set, you know, it's, uh, it's wild. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, luckily I, um, I didn't have too much carnage on that hole. Um, I think I was like two over on the week. I think I three putted like twice, but, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really, gosh, it's such a great par three. I feel, I feel like, uh, if you gave people two over on the week, people, they probably take it. They said, you're going to play this hole two over, you know, with a bogey on Thursday and Saturday. Do you think the majority of the field would take it? Do you want me to be totally honest? Yeah. No. Okay. No, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to win, you got, I mean, it's, um, I think it kind of goes back to, you know, guys that are, are really playing to win and competing. And I, I think, I think to make the cut, a lot of guys might, especially in a, in a year like last year where it was, you know, playing a little tougher with the conditions, but, um, it's it's look it's it's a tough hole but at the same time for a lot of guys it's a nine iron like for phil i bet it's a nine iron um for some guys it's an eight iron and those guys are so good with their scoring clubs and you know kind of within 20 feet and i I think just it's one of the less severe greens on the course um granted there are you know a, a ton of subtleties to it but you know relative to a green like say five um or four you know a lot of them but uh if you give it like if, if you can hit a good one there and you can give yourself 15 or 20 feet like it's kind of like saying if, if you could give yourself 18 20 footers you know throughout the round do you think you'd shoot under par and it's like well shoot you yeah. certainly hope so yeah. well if those guys can hit an eight iron four times to 20 feet you know a lot of them are going to say shoot i hope i make one of those yeah that's a, i mean that's about what their proximity is at that is a probably 30 feet from that yardage or so Average. is that what it is i, I, I think so I, yeah. i'm not positive i i look at those numbers but they get jumbled in my uh brain yeah what uh does that do you, do you kind of do you kind of get what i'm saying with that yeah no no i completely get i i think that's like the whole psychology of design and why it's a great hole is that if you put a world-class player on that hole it's like what you said it's, it's just a eight iron or a nine iron and and those players know they can hit that shot and that's why you see you know, there's nowhere to bail out and they have to execute the shot. And if they execute the shot, you know, they probably will do it 18 out of 20 times, uh, on the range. But when you throw in the pressure, the people, the wind, you know, there's stuff that happens and and there's just outliers to everything. So, um, percent. Yeah. That, that would be my only, I mean, it's, it's certainly not overrated at all. It's, it's an amazing par three and there's, you know, it has a ton of history, but, um, I would say that a lot of it is, and again, I don't mean this in a derogatory way at, at all. Um, but as far as being maybe overhyped, which is you know a bad way to put it, but like it if you hit, if about you hit a, too much. you know, a, a, if you hit you know a crisp, you know, center of the club face that doesn't balloon, if you hit a, if you hit a quality golf shot that goes, we'll call it more or less, we'll say 155 yards again over the middle of the bunker, give or take two or three yards, which most of those guys can do on it pretty regular basis you're gonna have you know you're gonna have a look at birdie whether it's a, a small chip or a, or a pitch or you know a, a putt where you know you, you put yourself in a position to potentially make two and, and hopefully make three mm-hmm. 
It's uh, I agree. I mean, it's a it's a case of the media overhyping it and beating something to death is, <laughs> yeah. is a lot of times for so sure. With um, with out there, what's the hole that doesn't get talked about enough? Um, we can start with three. Three is an amazing, amazing, amazing par four. Um, there's so many ways to play it. Whether you hit iron off the tee and you know try and stay on one side. Um, you know, the fairway for different angles or, um, you know, to hit driver kind of down in the flat, whether you try and drive it or you put it down in that, that area, just over the bunkers on the left, um, you know, to certain pins, some guys, you know, love to have like 40, 50 yards in, or they can put some spin on it or, you know, they go to a, you know, front, right or back, right pin. It's just, it, it's a really, really neat par four that I don't think it's the credit that it deserves. Um, I mean, shoot, you could, you could go through every hole. I've always kind of said that after you hit your drive and you kind of round the corner on two and the golf course kind of opens up in front of you, that's like my vision of what heaven looks like <laughs> is like, you know, just the whole golf course is right in front of you and the sun is, is always shining. So, so, so peacefully and perfectly. And, um, the greens all have this, this special kind of tint to them. It's just, it's really, really, um, it's, it's unlike anything I've, I've ever seen before, um, on a golf course. Um, so let's see three um six is tough um but let's see here let me think about this you know three i think has the most variance of any hole out there does it so where you get the most amount of birdies and bogeys like you know like two obviously gets birdied a ton but it's very rarely bogeyed but four or three you see tons of birdies and tons of bogeys and doubles even i think it has it's crazy that a 350 yard par four played as the third and the fourth toughest holes on the course in two rounds and i think you know so it's not like i i think i think that's just kind of a, a really good indicator of a great you know maybe from an architectural standpoint, I don't go quite as, as deep as you do, but I think that's just an indication of, um, you know, guys make certain decisions on how to play the hole. And if they execute, then, you know, maybe they're, they're paid off. And if they don't, then, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're penalized for it. I, I just, it's a really, really, really cool hole. And it's, it's one that, uh, definitely kind of kept me awake at night as I, as I got ready for the event. So most people probably won't know this, but you are arguably, you know, one of the biggest Masters fans as well. You know, you are you're deep in the weeds when it comes to Masters week. So what what are I your, am yeah. <laughs> what what are your plans this week? What do you do? You have uh, your the schedule set aside. How how are you uh, balancing the work and the and the coverage? Yeah. So luckily for me, my, my boss, um, is a Matt or both bosses are just massive golf fans as well. Um, so typically CNBC is, is on, you know, on all the TVs, but you know, upon going into the office, you know, months in advance, I, I kind of was like, Hey, uh, so during master's week, is it still on? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, okay, cool. Just making sure. Uh, (laughs) so, um, you know, I'll, I'll be following and I'll be watching, but what I'll probably do. So my birthday is on the 10th and this year, or sorry, you know, this time of year has always been very special to me. There's, there's a story in our family that I guess at like my sixth, you know, birthday party as everyone's, you know, kind of going around doing whatever 
six-year-olds do. Apparently, I had snuck into the other room to watch the Masters with my dad and left all my friends out. I don't know if that's an indication <laughs> of me being an awful team player or, <laughs> or or just really caring about the Masters, but I guess my mom was appalled and my dad was just super happy about it. Yeah, your dad was probably like, that boy. <laughs> well, yeah, my dad was like so into it. Um, but yeah, they, they, they both tell the story pretty in pretty different lights. But uh, yeah, so... You know, my guess is is I'll um I'll probably watch it with with two buddies, two or three buddies. I I probably won't go to a big masters watching party. I'll probably set up like a laptop or two in front of me and you know turn on the TV. But you know, I I had an amazing experience last year, and you know, a very life changing one. It was so special for friends and family, and obviously myself. And um, it's I'm probably just gonna try and watch it in peace and quiet and enjoy the the theater that kind of goes on. Um, and then as far as like friends, Doc, Doug, I've gotten to know Joaquin just a little bit. Obviously, Matt, you know, I'm excited to see how he plays this year. Um, Harry Ellis was on the other side for the Walker Cup. You know, to watch the AMs and to kind of watch, you know, the experience that, that they're going to have um, and then to, you know, hopefully be able to share that, you know, with them and kind of bond over just how special of a week it is. Um, you know, it'll I'll be I'll be definitely tuned in. So I'm really looking forward to a great week. You know what they need to add to the early round coverage is an AM cam. Is yeah. a what an AM cam? Yeah, you know, just follow uh, uh, coverage exclusively on the AMs. So I think I was listening to a maybe a podcast last year where someone said something similar, like they need to have like a an AM mic'd up or something. And I was like, yeah, they definitely don't need to mic me up on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I was, I was like, it's, it's probably for the best if they don't, if they don't do that. Who you got this week? Um, pros. Pros. Like, we're we talking, talking. Uh, if you had to make a pick, let's say take your take your pick and then give us a sleeper. Your sleeper. I can, okay. Uh, my horse, my my chalk pick would be JT because I mean stats. I mean, there's very few people playing better in the world than he is right now. And then my other pick, and I'm not even going to call him a sleeper, but I've been calling this for months. I got Patrick Cantlay winning the Masters this year. Oh man, he's a stud. Yeah, it's uh, he's yeah. got he's got experience too. I know he does. He uh, made like six birdies and an eagle to to beat Hideki for low am. I think it was Hideki, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, it was 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Chris was on the bag for him, um, and I I've talked about it with him before, and it was a special week. I I love Pat's game. I've known Pat, you know, a long time, and he's got sneaky length. He hits a draw. He's a really really good iron player. In the sense that he's very good at being patient and putting it to 18, 20 feet, and he's a re- he's a really really good putter. Yeah, and, and I uh, just I just I just have a feeling that he, uh, you know, with with a lot of the you know things he's been through, Augusta was a huge goal for him to get to, and I think he's putting a lot of emphasis on playing well this week, and I it it wouldn't surprise me to see him you know play well, but I. I have a feeling he's gonna, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna make some noise this week for sure. I think uh, he is the. It's like the he winning was really big for him too beforehand. 
you know, because he got that For win sure. in the fall. So he's won in the last, you know, six months when he hasn't played. And, you know, he's only played for essentially 12 months in the last, you know, three, four his, years. His, his official World Golf Ranking page is really impressive. Oh, yeah. It's it's very consistent. Yeah, you, you won't find too many. You won't find the letters MC too many times on it. <laughs> you know what's amazing is his his like a testament to how good he hits the ball is that he's like in the top 10 or 15 of driving distance, but his club head speed's like middle of the road. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. And he's like sneaky long too. I guess when he, you know, had his has back and you know he was kind of going through um some of, you know, his his injury stuff, he really spent a lot of time. And this is from guys up in, you know, Virginia and what we're close with. I guess he spent a lot of time kind of in the gym and strengthening himself and a lot of that's kind of now beginning to, to pay off and I, I think it's you you can see it in the way that he's played and the way that, you know, he's um you know, his finishes and it's um I got a I got a good feeling about Pat this week. I, I think he's I think he's gonna make some noise. I think he is uh a hundred to one right now for any uh any gamblers out there. So pretty pretty good odds. At least uh, I think that's usually like uh, a tenth of it, so it'd probably be like ten to one for a top ten. So, um, all Who right. Who do you have? Who do you have? I got JT. I um, I'm you on JT. Same yeah. boat. I I think uh, I personally think he's the it's... best player in the world right now. He's got the thing that impresses me about JT is like he's a A plus driver of the golf ball. He's one of the best iron players in the world. He's got an incredible short game, and he's an incredible putter. And it, the progression of that game over the last four years has been just fascinating to watch. For sure. I mean, it's, you know, look, I don't, the storylines, you know, that are going into this year, obviously Tiger, you know, Bubba recently, you know, Phil's been playing great. I mean, John Rahm's such a stud. Jordan, obviously the history he's had. I mean, if Rory putts well, you know, he could, he could, you know, run away with it like he did at Bay Hill. Obviously, you know, Dustin could can kind of dominate with his length um, the way he did, you know, at the tournament. Of Shoot, there's so many good players, and it would just, it would be so cool to watch Jason Day, you know, when I even talked about Sergio, the, you know, the champion from last year, obviously. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. It would be so much fun to see, you know, four or five of those guys just really, you know, start making putts and just, it would be it would be cool you know I'm, I, I think we're i think we're in for a good year yeah there's just so many names that a, a couple of them are bound to be in it so it should be should be an awesome year all right overrated underrated and then uh, you're out of here you ready what do we got Pimento, yeah let's do it pimento cheese sandwiches i'm not a cheese guy um so i can't offer an opinion but all my buddies that went down last year that were kind of around um they loved them i i know that that's that's kind of a you know a hot topic but like they've been around for an awfully long time and there's a reason they've been around an awfully long time they they thought they were great so um driving down magnolia lane like I mean, what's the most underrated thing? So <laughs> I went as slowly as possible. I bet I had a line of cars behind me as I drove down Magnolia Lane because it's just the coolest drive in, in sports. And if it's, I mean, if it's not, tell me what it is. It's, I went out of my way to like go at a 
a snail's pace every single day. Like I, I factored in time getting ready for the, for, you know, my, my, my rounds to, to really <laughs> drive down. It's just, it's so cool. And I get chills just, I mean, I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. I get chills just thinking about it. It's, it is just so, so special. And, you know, you have in, in my head, every time I would go down, I would have, you know, the, the piano, the master's theme song kind of in the back of my head. And, oh, it's, it's just, it's so cool. So, so no music when you're driving down? There was no, there was, there, I think I actually intentionally turned whatever I was listening to down on the radio just to enjoy the serenity and the silence. Like, I feel like I'm making this like artistic, but I mean, maybe, maybe I went to YouTube and saw if I could got, if I could get the video to play in the car. (laughs) That was a very sacred time during that week. And anytime I've, I've played it other than that, Magnolia Lane is, is, um, I mean, it's. That's what you dream about driving down. So I wanted complete focus on on that drive. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, last one. Uh, the fourteenth hole. Fourteenth hole. Yeah. At Augusta. Yeah. I think it's underrated. There's no bunkers on the. I mean, you know everything about it. There's no bunkers on the hole. People don't understand people being you know if you've never been down there or played it you know you just watching it on tv you don't understand just how severe that green is i mean if you go if you go right of the pin or too far left of the pin where you have you know like a, a really you know a 20 footer that green is so tough but at the same time it kind of goes back to the experience and the you know historical you know shots that have been hit over the years like, you know, you can use the back slopes and you can use different parts of the undulations to kind of maneuver, you know, different shots towards the pin. It's a hole that requires, I feel like, a lot of experience, but at the same time, it's kind of that ultimate, you know, not to totally harp on what Adam said, but if you step up and you hit a good shot there, like, you, you can have a really close look at birdie versus if you're just a little bit off, you know, you're looking at a 25-footer that breaks 12 feet that you can't put within 10 feet if you tried. So... I I love 14. I, I think it's a really, really neat hole. And it's it's kind of like when you, you know, look back through the years, right? Where you can start making noise, maybe you birdie you birdie twelve and then you eagle eleven and you know, you whatever, like but that Sunday pin position, you know, where it's kind of almost in that little bowl where you see a lot of guys hit it close. Where if you're just even a fraction off, then it's just such a tough pin. I, I just I think it's a really, really cool hole. That is the correct answer, you know. <laughs> um, but oh. I, I agree. Well, that's why we get along. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, you see so many times people make a run and then something happens, like a, you'll just see a, a bogey pop on 14. Or somebody doesn't birdie it's 13 a, and they birdie yeah. 14 and then they get to 15 and make a birdie or eagle. It, it's just such a important hole and it's it's so different than the rest of the holes out there. And it's so fair. Um, you know, if you if you hit a good drive and you get one out there, um, that hole, I, I feel like kind of, you know, during the week, um, maybe because it's playing a little bit firmer and faster, I think is, is a little shorter than <clears throat> maybe the way that it played in practice rounds. Just adrenaline and, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's hot that day or whatever. And I just, I, I just, it's, it's a really, really, it's either I, I feel like a momentum provider or a momentum stunner. Um, in, you know, obviously, like if you make par, then it's neither. But I, it's I I've always loved thirteen or fourteen, and I, I think it's you know kind of maybe the back nine version of three, where it doesn't necessarily get the credit that it deserves. And I, I just it's um it's just it's a cool hole. It's a really cool hole. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's awesome. But uh, hey, Stu, enjoy the week. Um, thanks for the time. Uh, it was awesome and uh, excited to uh, to watch this year's Masters. Disappointed that we aren't going to get to see you play again. <laughs> That's okay, man. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing it from a different light. And uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's always fun to talk to you, and um, I always enjoy listening. So thank you for everything you do, and uh, I'm sure we'll be texting next week. All right, man. Uh, be well. <laughs>